Welcome to the Eric Lang Show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Um, Frau Wines and, uh, <laughs> I don't even know, what is it? A, a feeder zane? Um, anyway, I'm in a hotel room here in Jackson, Wyoming. Actually, no, I'm not in Jackson. I'm in Grand Teton National Park. Um, so this is the podcast for Thursday. Uh, what's the What's the date? The date is Thursday, July 26th. Um, I owe you guys an apology. I'm sorry. I, I fucked up. I, uh, I didn't get the podcast to you on Monday morning, the 23rd. So Jeff and in his infinite wisdom suggested we redo the Michelle Wee one. Again, I'm sorry about that. I, um, I, my flight got incredibly delayed and it's actually a really interesting story. So we had a great trip and I think what I'm going to do is I'm just going to do a check in here and then I'll play, uh, I recorded a podcast with Stu Bone while we were in California doing a golf trip. And then I also recorded a little bit with Christian Hafer while we were in Colorado doing a golf trip. But anyway, the reason why we didn't get a podcast to you on Monday morning is Sunday we leave Ballyneal. It's a three-hour drive to the airport. I'm at the airport three and a half hours early, which, um, you know, take it or leave it. It, it. it was what it was. And I accidentally put my laptop in my checked luggage and I just, I, I watched it go down the belt right after the check-in, you know, and I was like, that's weird. I feel like I need something in that bag. <laughs> Lo and behold, it's the only way that I could deliver the podcast to Jeff to put online. And so as soon as it ducked under the, the, the meat curtains, as it were, I said to the guy, oh, I need my bag. And he goes... Uh, you really, you serious? <laughs> and I mean, I had three hours, so I wasn't too stressed. And he's like, all right, well, why do you need it? And I was like, well, my laptop's in there. And he's like, you're not allowed to put a laptop in your check luggage anyway. And I was like, oh, I didn't know that. I've been checking it for a while now. Cause I, I just don't care anymore. I don't care if anyone steals a laptop, you know, go ahead. Uh, but he's like, no, it has a lithium battery. And I was like, oh shit, that's not the only thing with lithium batteries. <laughs> so I was like, that makes two reasons why I need the bag. He's like, all right, it'll be a couple minutes. Go down to the baggage carousel 15. That's where Reclaim is. I mean, this is a whole, like, I've never even seen this world, you know, of, 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 of being so stupid that you need to get your bag five minutes after you check it. So I go downstairs, and, I'm get to, and I said, wait for a few minutes, and then I go up to the baggage services and I say, hey, I'm the idiot that needs the Reclaim. And they're like, oh, yeah, when did you make the request? It was like 15 minutes ago. They're like, oh, yeah, it'll be like an hour, an hour and 20. And I was like, I'm not sitting here staring at this baggage carousel for an hour and 20 minutes. And my thought was, okay, fine. You know what I'll do is I'll just, we land at 8.30 Wyoming time. That's 7.30 LA time. I'll just get to the hotel super quick and plug in the SD card and mail Jeff the, you know, the footage. Hopefully the internet connection will be okay. I can down res it if I need to. I made all these sorts of plans. And then I get on the plane and as always happens on a plane, I fall straight to sleep and I wake up an hour and a half later and, um, I'm, I'm in the front row, so I'm an hour and a half later, the door to the aircraft is still open. And I'm like, did we land? <laughs> I'm like, no, we haven't taken off yet. And so the flight was like two and a half hours delayed, so I didn't get in. Anyway, I got in super late, and then it's an hour drive from the airport to where my family's staying. I'm here for my parents' 50th wedding anniversary with my brother and his wife and two children and my sister and her husband and his and their three children. So it's just been a family time. I haven't really been, I've, I have no service. The Wi-Fi is like, I could probably get stuff to LA faster on a pony. 
Um, depending on the size, of course. You know, a terabyte, probably faster on a pony, but, you know. Um, so anyway, that's why you heard a repeat. And I will say I was pretty pissed off and disappointed that uh, that I came into the hotel room and fell straight to sleep and totally was out of it. But at the same time, it was the first time that we've ever done that. And we strive to do two episodes a week. And I guess my question to you is, do you like two episodes a week? I don't know. I mean, that's what we're doing. So, you know, there is a voice in the back of my head that's like, dude, this is a lot of talking and it's a lot and it's it's a lot of commitment, but I actually enjoy the commitment. I find it gratifying in a sense. It's almost like podcast boot camp, you know? So anyway, that's a long way of just saying, I'm sorry, but checking in here, we're in Wyoming. The air is thin, man. I can barely breathe. I posted one story from Jackson. I was just kind of planning on hanging low with my family. Lo and behold, my man Matt Chuck Tech calls me immediately and says, are you in Jackson? I'm in Jackson. I live here, dude. And I was like, oh, man, I totally forgot. So I'm going to go play some. I, I extended my trip one day. I'm going to fly home Friday morning instead of Thursday morning. I'm going to play some golf with Matt Cardis, a.k.a. at Golf in Your State. Um, that'll be fun. And then I'm going to crash at his house and hopefully not burn it down. Uh, which I've never done, so I don't know why I would be concerned about that. But, you know, these things, as a guest, you know, anything is possible. Um, yeah, so anyway, enjoy today's podcast. It's basically two car rides, right? One with me and Stu Bone talking about architecture and golf, and um, and then one with Mr. Hafa driving out to Bally Neal just shooting the shit. You know, it's 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 not top-quality content, but it's content. And if you're in the car... It's better than Alanis Morissette, all right? I mean, well, actually, I really like Alanis Morissette. So if you are Alanis Morissette, I would like to pay some respect. That would be really ironic. <laughs> all right. Anyway, Jackson's wonderful. Uh, like I said, the air is pretty thin. I'm frequently dizzy and short of breath. So I'm looking forward to seeing at least how far the ball goes on Thursday afternoon when we play. And um, we recorded some other great pods this week with... Um, Jim Urbina, who's a master shaper, uh, spent a lot of his life working on projects with Pete Dye and Tom Doak, and now is uh, hopefully going to unveil some news for us in the near future about a project that he can be um, the, the full architect of. Um, oh, I'm getting text messages. Me and my dad are going to go to this r- random lake up here, Brooks Lake. Um, everyone got scared because some guy told us the uh, there was a guy who got eaten by a bear, and so no one wants to come, but me and dad don't give a fuck. Um, anyway, yeah, so we got we got Jim Urbina coming up in a, in a week probably. And then we got Sean Tully, who's another uh, steward of the game, a superintendent of the Meadow Club, the first Alistair McKenzie course in the United States. So anyway, we got a lot of great pods coming up. And enjoy the one from today. And again, my apologies about last week. Um, we're going we're gonna, to uh, seek to not do that again. So thank you for listening. Enjoy your day and enjoy these uh, golfers in cars getting tee times. Have a good one. Hey, Sklar Brothers here, Randy and Jason. And we have a couple of podcasts. If you, you know them or you don't know them, check them out. We do View from the Cheap Seats, which is sports and comedy. And we have a podcast called Dumb People Town where we break down stupid behavior done by stupid people in this stupid world of ours. It is hilarious. Check them both out. And now, check out this podcast. 
All right. Well, a little hot. There we go. Welcome to the Eric Lang Show, everybody. Very special episode. We've recorded on trains. We've recorded outside. And now we're recording in a uh, in an American car. What do you say, Stu Bowen, my special guest for the day? I'm just really excited to be on the Eric Lang Show. He's, is your, your, um, your headphones are touching your mic. Maybe, maybe he's, he's, so Stu's driving. Are you, are you going to do that? For a while, at least. I yeah. love it. Yeah. So we are, where are we leaving, Stu? Fill us in. We've, we've had quite a couple day golf adventure up here in NorCal, and we're departing a famous piece of property. So today is Pasa Tiempo in Santa Cruz, California. Yesterday was Spyglass in Spanish. The day before that was San Francisco GC. The day before that was Meadow Club. It makes me smile just thinking about it. Yeah, 100%. We, uh, I think, you know, we've talked about a lot of things. I'm trying, Stu's wearing a lob, so it's kind of, uh, I can't, do you want to hold a shotgun? Do you think you can do that? I can hold a shotgun. All right, you know what? We're going to pause it and get some better audio. Everybody, hold on. All right, we're back, and now we have, let's check these levels. Test, test, test. It's so much better. You can barely even hear the car. It's like we're in a Tesla. It's like we're in a soundproof booth. <laughs> With an engine and wheels. It's kind of like, anyway, so we've had a great golf trip, and I think one of the coolest things about it for me, Stu, you started playing golf a year and a half ago. We met on Instagram almost a year ago now. Yes. And we played Rustic. Rustic was the first round. One of my favorite courses. Let me give you a little more heat on that mic. And um, I guess, I guess uh, w- tell me your version of the story. So I had listened to the podcast that Malcolm Gladwell put out about private golf courses in LA. If you haven't listened, you got to listen to it. And, and there's a lot of bullshit in there, but there's, there's but there's a lot of truth too. Yeah. Um, Side note on that. Um, I heard that podcast cause I think you told me to listen to it. And I, and anytime someone tells me to do something, I write it down. Now the list is about 60 things to do deep, like articles and videos and stuff. But that Gladwell one I watched, I listened to, and I was like, ooh, it stung, but I saw some truth in it. And then later on, someone said, oh, hey, I know you mentioned this. You should listen to, and I can't remember what it was. It was like, oh, you know what it was? It was uh, Shaq House. Shaq and his cohort got an interview with Malcolm, and they got Malcolm to basically agree or to um, admit that one of his main things in in his media is to create a hardline point of view. And he agrees that not all golf courses fall under this uh, category, which he basically purports are selfish, tax-evading Republicans. Yeah, I mean, for me, one, one outcome of listening to that podcast was questioning the credibility of Malcolm Gladwell and other subjects, because real estate taxes are something that I know a lot about. And a lot of what he was saying there was bullshit. You you self-describe yourself as the biggest, uh, what was it, <laughs> slumlord in Arizona? <laughs> Absolutely not. We provide clean, safe housing for the good people of Flagstaff, Arizona. And you live in you live in uh, Carlsbad. Carlsbad. Yeah. And you're you're a big fan of the goat. Yes. That's where you kind of started playing golf. Yeah, it's it was a big part of what made me excited to play golf the relaxed environment and and uh the dogs i got to bring my dog big bobo yeah bobo does bobo ever interact with the golf balls no 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 just chills totally chills and he gets hot you know i have to give him a haircut before i take him out there right bobo rescue yeah 
big rescue fans. I mean, Stu, we're like the same person, except you're eight inches taller than me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and my index is maybe ten strokes higher? Yeah, you, for every inch, you've got two strokes. <laughs> That's it. So, so we hooked up. You were like, Rustic Canyon, 9 a.m. Friday. And I was like, boom, done. And this was like a year ago when I hadn't even, to some extent, maybe it might have been the first time I had ever like gotten a random invite off Instagram and said, yeah, let's, let's, let's get random. Like, let's just play with people we don't know. And that was with Clark and Stratton, who are two of the funnest people to play golf with. Stratton is, uh, it's almost, uh, it's almost uh, unfair how funny he is. I, I can't hang out with him because I seem like I'm a, I'm a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I felt with all three of you. Yeah, yeah. But we had a great day. Uh, Rustic's obviously one of, the, one of the top 100 courses you can play. Very, very wonderful piece of land. Gil Hans bringing it back to Jeff Shackelford. Full story. So... So then we continue playing golf and hanging out, and then you're like, let's go on a golf trip. This, this has been coming up for a minute now. It has been, and I gotta tell you, it was like ambitious. The, the, the details of this trip? Yeah, and the funny thing is, is that the days that you planned, which were Monday and Tuesday, one of the things that was remarkable is that you just had friends who hooked it up. Like yeah. getting to play Meadow Club when the course was closed with the, with the groundskeeper. Yeah. That was amazing. The super. The super. And he is, I mean, Tully is the man. Tully is one of these guys where y- you, his information is so deep and complex that you almost question everything you've ever learned about what the fuck he's telling you. You know, and Tully messaged me on Instagram and he said, yo, uh, whatever, love the podcast. I was like, oh, thanks. And then he was like, Meadow Club whenever you want. And for me... Meadow Club has been one of those courses that I have wanted to play for a tremendously long period of time. It has sort of all these boxes that I really uh, like like to check when I see a golf course. You know, Stu, Stu, Stu uh, you know, you and I kind of differ in the sense that you really prefer golf on the water, and I do too. But I actually give extra points to a course inland that can still capture the imagination and the excitement of of me with a club in my hand. You know, and I think. You know, so anyway, I was really looking forward to that. I guess what I really want to get to is you've been playing golf for a year and a half. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think I don't know what everyone else's trajectory is like, but I know my trajectory was, you know, golf kind of comes in chapters. Like the first year and a half for two years for me was like just goddamn swing. Where's the ball going? What's a fade? I can't I couldn't remember a fade draw hook. Uh, you know, um, slice. I, I couldn't remember which was which for the longest time. And then it was like learning about uh, player swings and etiquette and rules. And then at a certain point, I got tipped off to this idea of, oh, the golf course is a piece of art and there are different types. And I feel like it, for the, one of the coolest things about this trip for me has been watching you kind of like learn. Yeah, I guess learn. Yeah, formulate your own opinions about where you where you pay your green space because we all have a choice yeah i mean one of the most interesting things is also just watching your life i mean it's funny because let's be honest i watched adventures in golf i thought it was i thought the slum golf episode was like amazing and i was a fan and i reached out to you on instagram and then you showed up at rustic canyon and you were like "Ah, let's be real friends not just like paying lip service to the whole thing and that was amazing and then all of a sudden we're on a golf trip and uh like it was pretty hilarious because you brought into play guys like Tully 
guys like Ben the Golf Hawk. Golf Hawk shot down last night. Yeah, guys like Gurry <laughs> at SFGC. And these these guys are amazing human beings that were completely generous in setting us up with amazing golf. And then, you know, you guys are talking and I'm just getting to learn and my, my learning curve is crazy sharp. Yeah. Yeah. I, and actually, just to go back to that point about the people we play with, I think what a great example of a of a of a interesting like you know friends you know the show friends like there are six people on that show i think the idea was is that there are six classic demographics and we can all relate to at least one of them and i think that's been interesting is like sean obviously sean's listening my parents are listening gary's listening and ben's probably listening but it's kind of interesting because all of you guys had such a such an impact on our lives i mean if you go back to each little thing that's happened and it's almost like watching a ball trundle towards the hole and it's like each blade of grass is a person that affects the ultimate outcome and you know we may think that a bad shot or a bad result is 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 terrible but who knows it could lead to an amazingly heroic shot anyway it's been really cool to watch each person kind of affect the golf trip and inform our you know here's ben great player Caddy has some of the best clubs. He was really just inspired to hang. Drove three hours to potentially only play 12 holes. Jumping on it. Gary just, Gary's one of these guys who you could sit on a, you could sit on a 48-hour flight with Gary and never get bored. Conversational wizard. You know, just happy to hang. And Tully is basically an encyclopedia with two legs. <laughs> and then you, you can't forget my little brother, Mike Bone. What? Mike Bone came out. Who's a Callaway tech rep dropping wisdom on the subjects of, of dimple count and dispersion and trajectory and, you know. And just ripping hard draws. <laughs> hard draws, man. Like, I just, and we had a lot in common just in other areas of our life that we found really wonderful. And uh, your little bro, that was so cool, man. That's awesome. It's funny because Mikey and I really weren't friends with each other for most of our 20s and 30s. And then I got into golf about a year and a half ago. And now he's one of my best friends. You know, it's fascinating because, like, I have a similar story with my brother. And what's so crazy is, like, there again, golf, golf transcends a game that uses gravity and dimples and grooves. Golf all of a sudden becomes much more like a like a like a pilgrimage or a tea ceremony that you just kind of you just kind of look around and you're like these are the people I'm with you know and even the people that you know we were in the fucking parking lot and Stu Bones over here like talking to a member of Pasa Tiempo you, I, I would be shocked if you don't play with him yeah you know Pasa Tiempo has like a vast delta between what you pay as just somebody coming off the street and what you pay as the guest of a member and because my family has a house in Santa Cruz I've been wanting to get you know, to get to know somebody who's a member there. And we just threw it out in the parking lot and he wanted to chat and wanted to hang out. Yeah. Pediatrician. Great smile. <laughs> loves Dave. loves health. It's great. So I guess, but, you know, the main thing for me that I found interesting is on a golf trip, you kind of, it's almost like a meal. You know what I mean? Like you've got, we've got cell phones. I think cell that's phone? my cell phone. I'm sorry. I'm going to grab it. Very unprofessional. Yeah. It's Mike Michael Bone. Bone. Yeah. He wants to be on the podcast. Yeah. Bring him on. What's up, Mike Bone? You're live on the podcast. Oh, hey, oh, just call on to say what a great time it was, and that, Eric, you <laughs> forgot your charger. What charger? Oh, my little, uh, my little, uh, it's fine, my little battery pack, that's fine. It's actually yeah, made it a year and a half. That's not bad. <laughs> you can have it. That's got like nine charges in it. Bro, 
I'm going to sell it on eBay. This is Eric. Mike, uh, let's talk <laughs> hi- hi- highlights of the golf trip for you, Mike. What do you got? One, the best part, best highlight of the trip was making a new friend. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's got a little dryness to his sense of humor. It's sort of crispy out there like Carnoustie. <laughs> yeah, silly boys. All right, have fun on your podcast. All right, brother. Have a good drive. We'll see you soon. Later, bro. <laughs> he is he is a good dude. Yeah. The, 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 that's so funny. that How on earth could a ridiculous game designed for, uh, designed in America at least, to keep a class of people together, how could that bring together two brothers that are, to some extent, in my case, forlorn? Yeah. How does that happen? I mean... I don't know. He's got, like, for example, he lives in Fresno, California. Um, he's into, like, guns and pickups. I like guns. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, though, I I would get a fucking gun, dude. Because, like, I was thinking about it, and, like, if someone's coming into my house, I want to kill them. Yeah, I know that sounds crazy. I hear you. I'm a big believer in the way that the law of attraction works, uh-huh. sort of metaphysically. So you're saying the bullet will, like, do a 180? like neo no i'm saying that like we really call into our experience uh what we sort of put out into the universe that that vibrations are attracted to one another and that if you have a a vibration of fear and that something bad is going to happen and i need to have a gun but you know that might be going a little too deep for this particular so you think just stick with the nine iron under my bed yeah I mean, you could do some real damage with a nine iron. I, you know, the reason why I have a nine iron is because I'm convinced that Jimmy Walker is in the mafia, and his nickname is Jimmy Nine Iron. And so I'm pretty sure that I could. F- I, I'm pretty sure he's murdered at least 17 people with his nine iron. Maybe not the same exact make model, but like, probably going with a blade. I would imagine cavity back would. You want a stiff shaft? You want an extra? Okay. Anyway, so, so I, I guess for me, one of the most interesting things about this trip was watching. You know, because, Stu, we came out here, and to be super specific, you were like, Lynx in Spanish Bay is my favorite course on Earth. Which I, I now feel a little bit sheepish. Do you really? About that, yeah. I but do. why? I think because there was definitely, well, I never played, I mean, come on, Meadow Club, which yeah. is a Alistair McKenzie design. First Alistair McKenzie course in the United States. And then we go to SFGC, <laughs> and I get to play a Tillinghast design. Yep, yep. And just also people like Tully, people like, people like you just sort of pointing out the you know the bunkering or you know how the the camouflage works yep. or the, the slope and just all these different things and and then um, I don't know my tastes changed a little bit I think Did they also really? I think also when I first got into golf I was sort of embarrassed about the white privilege elitist thing right and I definitely wanted to play muni golf right and uh, you know support juniors and kids that were coming out of rough neighborhoods like Oceanside at Goat Hill Park and stuff like that. And I still very much I'm connected to that, but um, I think I kind of learned that it's not a crime to play a gorgeous, elite private club. Well, you know what's funny is, I, I agree 100%, and I like I like Muni Golf just as much as anybody, you know what I mean? I've been lucky enough to play some nice courses. Uh, you know, don't need to name names here, but... <laughs> <laughs> Any Pine Valley members out there? I could use a I could use a hand. Um, Dude, that is one of the craziest things about traveling with you is the watching your phone light up on Instagram with people inviting you to play elite private country clubs when you show up in their neighborhood. 
it, it's awesome. It, but the truth is, I'll play with anybody anywhere. I don't give a shit. Like, I'm not holding out for some special thing. I'm not, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I think, you know, what's funny, though, is to, is to put it in your perspective. You're talking about the example of, you know, playing nice golf courses, feeling sort of guilty. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. You love nice restaurants. Yes. What's the difference? What's the difference between paying for a piece of art on a plate? One of the differences is that anyone who can come up with the dough can walk into a nice restaurant and eat there. Okay, respect. And you can't necessarily, with dough, just get into any course. Also, there is a, I mean, I'm going to be a downer here, but there's an environmental impact to running a golf course. Respect. And and less people playing it. Yeah. (laughs) Less people playing it, you know, means sort of less bang for your buck on that. Yeah, sure. I mean, I don't. I, I'll talk to someone about the environmental impact next year. Uh, <laughs> or not. Or not. <laughs> I mean, that's one of the things I like about sustainable golf courses, you know, where you're on top of a landfill or you're in a place that can actually support the water requirements or whatever it is. But even still, I mean, I play in Los Angeles. I mean, I, I drive an electric car. Respect. Um, but I think what's interesting is, yeah, you're totally right. There is something weird. It, about like needing to my phone's who's calling me now? Oh, should we? I bet it's a telemarketer. Should we see? Hello. It's a total telemarketer. Hi, my name is Madison Brown. I'm calling on behalf of Spectrum Internet. Oh, Spectrum Internet. Is everything okay? <laughs> do I have low? Do I have low yeah. megabits per second upload? What is it? What do you got? Huh? Yeah, you want to sell me something? Just call my reporters for quality. We just want to say thank you for being a valued Spectrum Internet customer. Oh, you're welcome. And sure appreciation, you can have access to our new streaming service oh. app free for seven days. That's okay. Are I got. Home? I use PGA Tour Live. I'm all good. What? <laughs> thank you. I I, uh, I got to go. I appreciate the call, though. Thank you. Certainly appreciate that. This okay. is a brand new app that lets you choose your 10 favorite Oh, lines. she didn't hear me. That's too bad. <laughs> I tried to be nice. Um, anyway, uh, so... You play with a caddy this time. First time you ever played yeah. with a caddy. I get yeah. that question a lot on Instagram. What's it like to play with a caddy? What's the tip? What's the protocol? What was your experience walking into it as a, um, well, let's call it a virgin? Well, okay, so again, this I don't know where I get this from and I don't want this, but there was initially feelings of guilt. It right. was like a grown man carrying your shit around for you. <laughs> you know, and it doesn't feel that good. But then, like, he's helping me read my putts uh, and he's right all the time yeah and i'm making putts and having fun and he and i are chatting about what's going on in his life and what he's been through and all that stuff and you know i really enjoyed his company and i had a great time and then he got paid um and it was awesome and i loved having a caddy and i love not carrying a bag not carrying a bag is like it's like floating it's funny because um you know they have caddies at Wilshire. I love all the caddies. Some of you guys are listening to this podcast right now. I fucking love you guys. I I like the caddies at Wilshire more than I like most people on planet Earth. You know, and that's saying a lot. I haven't met most people on planet Earth. I've met a couple, but there is such a genuine excitement for the dual experience of a golf game being two people, right? And one of the worst things I've ever had happen on a golf course is when I asked my caddy, "How far do we have?" and he goes. I don't know. You've got about 160. And I was like, okay. I was pretty sure that's my bag on your shoulder. And I was pretty sure that you're the one giving me all the goddamn advice on this motherfucker. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. I've never been here. Yeah, usually, I mean, with with the guys that we had, it was, there's a real generosity of spirit. They really, I mean, it felt like they really were supporting us, and it felt great. And, I mean, on some level, you know, when you go to the GOAT, we talked about this a little bit, like, by working with a caddy, if you can afford it, 
even if you can't afford it, it's good to do once to feel it out because you learn a lot about how to play golf because they're basically trying to talk you off of a miss. They're trying to tell you where to land in a general area, which may not be at the flag. Um, and you're also supporting the economy, right? I mean, caddies are out there. Um, it's not a volunteer job. I mean, they're, they're showing up for work, and if you don't take a caddy, they're not getting work. Um, and I do feel guilty about that. That said, um, you know, if someone wants to call uh, my boss and tell him I need more money uh, to pay for caddies, I'm, I'm happy to give you the phone number. That would be actually a great hashtag. Um, Eric needs caddy dough. Because um, I do love it. And, and some of my, you know, caddies are these mystical, uh, you know, like, like guides, right? And they don't always just guide, you know, your swing and your shot. Sometimes they give you swing advice, which can be really helpful. It can also be totally detrimental. But sometimes they also guide you into a way of thinking about your own life in that moment. And and those for me are some of the top three most memorable moments of my life was was having a caddy whisper something in my ear about this experience, right? Yeah, and conversely, you never know how you might impact their life. You know, especially if you're really willing to open up and share and talk to them and have a good conversation at some point during the round. Right. You never know. It's wonderful. I never thought of that. I, I really had a great time talking to Pete. Yeah. yeah. Pete was a good guy. Yeah. Young guy. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, to go back to this whole this whole links in Spanish Bay thing, because it was cracking me up, because you were like, you were like, let, we, were, we were drawing out the itinerary, and we were kind of, I'm kind of bad at making plans. Did you, did you notice that? I'm kind of bad at making plans? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I did. But then, look how well your end of the trip came together. Right. I mean, it was like divine perfection. You couldn't have planned it better. I tried to make a trip with basically, um, like, you know, like a couple features, like 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 every golf hole must have a tee box and a green and a hole. It doesn't have to have bunkers. It doesn't really even have to have a fairway necessarily. I try to just make sure that the minimum pillars are there for a trip. For example, a flight and a rental car and potentially a bed. But you know, other than that, like I like just figuring out as we go. And and I think that um, you know that worked to our favor. So so you were like, I want to play Links in Spanish Bay and. You know, I suppose I could have been like, nah, I don't want to play there. But I'm really glad we did. I think for me, I really gained a lot of information there because it's one of the courses. It's really, I think I still haven't played PG. I haven't played MP. And there's, I think that's about it up there. But for me, I got a lot out of it because I was like, oh, okay. Like this is, I learned about you by watching, by going there, you know, by seeing like, well, first of all, I mean, how difficult the course is. Like, it is hard. I don't understand that because normally I tear up Spanish Bay and I get spanked at Spyglass. Right. And yesterday was the opposite. And, I mean, maybe some of it had to do with the fact that I was trying to discover why everybody bags on Spanish Bay right. during the round. <laughs> you were trying to put the ball <laughs> like, in these awful places. Well, no. I was like, I asked the guy when we were paying our greens fees, like, why does everybody bang on this place? Yeah, he, he made the weirdest face when you asked him that. Totally. You're like, why does everyone hate the your golf course? And he just sort of like... I felt so bad for him because it was sort of like being like, hey, why is your mom ugly? <laughs> and he Dude, was like, ah. He works for the Pebble Beach Golf Company and he gets subbed around with me. Right, course, capital so. D douche company. No, no, Pebble <laughs> Beach is great. I love it. It's fantastic. Uh, give me Spyglass every day of the week. Ben actually said something interesting. Is Members at uh, Cyprus, Cyprus will, will talk about, or, or residents of Monterey and, and stuff, will talk about how Spyglass 
is potentially a better course. Now, Ben is obviously a player. Like, I think, I'm assuming his player. handicap's plus one. Minus two, or plus two. Plus two, yeah. yeah. So when I'm looking at him, he's he's talking about Cypress being uh, underwhelming as a basically a driver wedge layout. And I can see that. I mean, Cypress is pretty wide open. It's stunning. It's more of a it's more of a postcard course where a spyglass. Spyglass, you're looking at lines and strokes and you know. T boxes. Oh, the T boxes. The, the, the biggest downfall of the entire trip was the sanded T boxes at Spyglass. Yeah. That was just it sort of just felt like they need a little bikini wax, you know? <laughs> <laughs> a little a little rough. <laughs> uh, Sorry. I I thought it was great nonetheless. I mean I No, was, I'm not knocking yeah, it. We had yeah. a great time. But yeah, it's seeing, seeing those T boxes line up, the way oh, he lines them up, and yeah. then he directs you in the wrong direction sometimes, and all yeah. that kind of stuff is really fun. I guess I'd love to talk with Fried Egg or Sean Tully about um, Spyglass because I know that they're not really RTJ, uh, you know, big RTJ uh, fans. I, I think that Tully said he likes Spyglass. I think I think it's someday though. What I found interesting about this this trip, and I think about I've already feel this way to, to a large extent about golf in general is. The, the course is merely a stage. It's not the play, right? The course is merely an empty theater. You walk into it, and it's a wonderfully improvised herald night of four people going out there and seeing what's going to happen. They have no idea. They have no idea what jokes they're going to tell, what they're going to talk about, what questions they're going to ask, who they're going to run into, um, what putts are going to drop, what shots are going to go in the ravine. And, you know, I think that... Um, my phone is not on silent, uh, but I think also, um, you know, it's just so it's just so interesting to see that happen in real time. I mean, how much of an effect do you think, Stu, as an 18 handicap? Yeah, year and a half playing golf. How much? Do you, it's pretty good, man. How much of an effect do you think uh, solid play creates enjoyable experience? Well, I don't know. I read the plaque on the sidewalk today at uh, Paso Tiempo in front of the house that Alistair McKenzie lived and died in. And it said that um, the overcoming of obstacles is a source of a great enjoyment. Mm -hmm. And um, so even like when I hit some bad shots, I mean, God, I hit more bunkers (laughs) with all this like sophisticated bunkering from all these designers who played this week. I was in the bunker way more than normal. You got your money's worth. Yeah, but then... I also played some great shots out of the bunkers, yeah. which is more fun than anything. Yeah. So, I don't know. I was just, even when I hit them bad, something good would happen after that, you know? I had a very interesting experience uh, uh, isolated today to Pasta Tiempo. Um, there were, I, I, I played really well. I was, well, the front the front nine, I had a amazing. triple and a double, and I ended up coming in off the front eight over after were, a couple other bogeys. But you were tearing up the back. But the back, I was one over, standing on a birdie putt on 16. But my, so I was playing really well. It was tight golf. I had a couple. I had a birdie. I had two birdies on the back. But my experience, very interestingly, at Pasadena. I don't know if this is an architectural thing. I don't know if it's within me. But you know, I've played a lot of golf. Played a lot of golf under pressure. Not wait, wait, <laughs> back up. I haven't played golf under pressure, but I've found golf to be nerve wracking, just like the rest of us. I felt much more anxiety on the fairways of Pasatiempo than I have in a while. And I don't know if it was the design of the hole. I don't know if it was that I started really caring. I don't know if it was I wanted to respect Mackenzie's genius. I feel like part of it is the fortification of the greens. Yeah. Like, the bunkering is so dramatic. It is. And so your approach shots, there's a lot of opportunity to miss. They... 
I don't know what it was though. And then even over that putt, I had like a fucking four footer on 16 that I pulled and I was like, I was nervous, dude. Yeah, but 16 is the most sloped green I've ever seen in my life. It was out. It was right edge. It was inside right with speed. But I think I think for me it meant it mattered because well here's the other thing I'd like to ask you. <laughs> 16 mattered to me because of the story of the home. Right. The truth is I was just standing on a piece of grass that was new for 2018. It wasn't probably the same seed that was there in 2016 or 2010 or definitely not 1927 or whenever and, it was and the story born. is that McKinsey said it was his favorite par 4 he'd ever seen so these are all the stories so on what level is if you take spyglass and make it private all of a sudden give everyone a, an orange jacket you know and then you make cypress a public track that's a little bit overgrown and probably some brown spots on what level then does it flip like like how much of golf is the story and 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 what can we learn from that and what can we sort of uh you know like like take away from that like you know what i mean like cuz the story is important obviously yeah so it's funny because i got when i first started playing golf i got a resident card at Torrey pines and started playing there a lot uh which obviously the Torrey pines south course has story yeah um and it was nerve-wracking story pines it's story pines story. it was nerve-wracking and i like got my ass kicked every time i played it and then my wife and I started going out there at twilight, you know, and just surfing around the fun holes. I'm putting the microphone down because we're passing these highway patrolmen, and I don't want to get... Are you allowed to podcast and drive? Riding dirty. I just farted. That's it's going to be very dirty, bad. I had sure. eggs Benedict. <laughs> Dude, at least you didn't have those pancakes, Mikey. Oh, God. <laughs> Anyways, um, as soon as I started surfing around and just having fun on Torrey Pines at night, yeah. like... Then I started when I started playing it on Saturday morning or whatever, the anxiety just went away. Interesting. So the just getting reps and just sort of becoming more casual with something like that makes it. I don't know. The story goes away. So I, th- I guess I'm agreeing with you. Yeah. The story does bring anxiety and all that. Yeah, and I think for me, the you know, like when you go play a fancy golf course, I feel enveloped in the story to extent that I almost. Uh, I have trouble enjoying it, actually. Sort of like when you go to a museum and you're like, well, is this a Jackson Pollock or is this splatter paint? So much of art is the story, that the, the little like information card on the side where you're like, this painting depicts a cloudy sky. And you're like, it's a white canvas, dude. Well, also, this, this is uh, where there's a certain privilege that comes with being an 18 handicap with a super sharp learning curve is that I don't really go out there expecting to hit every shot really well. Right. And uh, you actually, you know, pointed out once or twice that I might have started doing that. Um, what you did, well, I remember but, you but said. But it's okay to hit, it's okay to hit bad shots. And, yeah. and so, like, for me, I don't know that I have that same level of expectation, so I don't know that I have that same issue. You know, I think what was interesting is early on in the week, you were like, the worst thing I can do is hit the fairway for my next shot. Like, I, I have a, you have a hard time putting two shots together. There's an inverse relationship between <laughs> between the quality of my drive and the quality of my second shot. So yeah. so just hitting decent shots means the next one's going to be decent, too. That's a wonderfully fertile period of time in golf, though, is to yeah. be at that point. Because you'll soon get to the point where you'll probably be like, all right, I'm in the fairway. That's where I should be. I'm in there, what, six, seven, hopefully out of ten times, five out of ten. And now I know what it's like to hit a fucking blistering wedge to four feet and, and i should be greening par fours and two every time yeah yeah i don't feel like that right now well you'll get there man i saw already so much in your swing change yeah um i see an airport 
I see planes. I see tarmac. There's a PJ. So on the left side is all the PJs of like the Google and the Facebook execs and all the Silicon Valley dudes, which you can oh, look right. at from the terminal over there. And it's kind of fun because if you you can see the tail numbers sometimes. San Jose Airport. Airport. You you research tail numbers. I love knowing who owns the PJ. I don't know Dang. why. Uh, yeah, I guess I've never even thought of that. Dude. We all we all have our weird things, <laughs> you know. Um. All right, well, I guess we're about to... Oh, here comes a plane landing. Jeez, the airports are so cool. Um, I guess that's about it. We're about to drop this car off, I guess. Yeah, uh, Avis. Curbside. Whoa, Avis didn't give us any fucking money to say their name. <laughs> this podcast is not brought to you by any rental car company whatsoever. For the record, I use a different company. It's the same color as Mikey's bag. <laughs> <laughs> Mikey rolls a, a gold Callaway staff bag. And he is not ashamed of it. It's a big staff bag. He brought extra shafts. He brought 12 different types of golf balls. He was wearing rain gloves, and it wasn't raining. <laughs> I was like, Mike, what? Like, what? He's like Phil Mickelson. I love, I love how much Mikey loves golf. Yeah, well, he and I it's have infectious. the same affliction, which causes us to love things that are pleasurable to a degree that is potentially uh, most normal people don't approach. Yeah, that's that's that might be the recovery connection, <laughs> which which I'm a part of too. Exactly. We we all are unfortunately probably recovering from an overpar round. Um. Yeah. All right. Well, here we go. Got some airlines on the right passing through. Uh, Stu, I'm sad to say goodbye. Yeah, me too, man. I'm gonna head off to Colorado. That was one of the other realizations this week that was amazing was that this is your life. This is it. Like, I'm packing up to go on a golf trip. I'm going on a golf trip. And all the while, I'm thinking, this is what Eric does most of the time. Yeah. You counted how many day, how many nights in hotels right. so far this year? That's right. So we counted uh, on the first night of the trip. You were like, how many nights of the year are you out of town? And I was like, I don't know, maybe 100. And then I was like, you know, for shits and giggles, let's count. And today is what? July. Uh, what's the day? Today is July 19th. So we're a hundred and we're two hundred days into the year, and we counted. Well, at the time we were a hundred and ninety-six, and I counted ninety-two days out of town, and so now it's ninety-six, and we're a hundred and ninety-six. So soldier, soldier, yes, my life, man. <laughs> I, awesome. I get tired though, and I have canceled a couple of trips actually for August. I'm just stay home. I'm gonna just lay down with my dog. I'm gonna turn it on. I got Central Air recently. I'm gonna <laughs> crank big. up the Central Air. I'm just going to lay in bed under the under my down comforters while I blast the central air. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm going to like just burn. I'm going to have an open fire in the middle of the Laurel Canyon and um you know just contribute to do my part, you know. That's awesome. For the world, for global warming. Um all right, thanks for listening. I'll probably record something else in this podcast, so take a little break. There'll be some music and then you'll probably hear soothing sounds of me in the sauna. Uh or not. Or or it could just be totally not hot. It could be cold. It's impossible. Any thoughts, still on what we should do next? Well, just have so much fun at Bally Neal. Man. I'm so excited for all you guys to get to go on that trip. It's going to be amazing. I'm excited, man. It's going to be good. And, uh, you know, just hopefully there will be a couple more birdie putts out there, you know? Dude. All right. Yeah. Rental car return. All Bye, right. everyone. It was nice talking to Thanks you. Thanks for joining me, Stu. It's been a long time coming. Oh, it was awesome. Ciao for now. All right, time for some quick reads here. We got ads, folks, ads on the podcast. It's big news, big news. All right, here we go. Email from Jeff. Scripts are below for ButcherBox. All right, ButcherBox. Really excited to tell you all about our new sponsor, ButcherBox. I actually am. That's a true statement. In fact, they just delivered one of these delicious boxes to my house. 
Unfortunately, I'm not home, so I won't get to have it uh, for a while. Um, but anyway, it says, mail is always more fun when there's delicious meat inside it. That's sounds like it's not legal, but I have heard uh, a lot of people do tell me that Butcher Box is delicious. I'm excited to get home and try it. High quality, healthy protein you can trust. 100% grass-fed and finished beef. I don't know what finished means when they say that. Maybe it's 100% dead, which is ideal. Free-range organic chicken. I love chicken. I don't know. Chicken gets knocks. Like, I don't know, but I'll give me a good chicken au jus, like a good, like, jidori. I go to Jamaica, get some jerk chicken. I'm just, I am all about chicken, even though it's kind of the, I don't know, it's like the stepchild of all the, the meats. Heritage breed pork. That's, quote, old world pork unquote, before they bred out all of the fat and flavor to make it, quote, the other white meat, a.k.a. this is pigs the way they were meant to be. Oh, boy, I apologize, vegans. I have some friends that are vegan, so I apologize if this is offending you, but I'm just making money. It's incredibly convenient, delivered right to your door on dry ice, free shipping anywhere in the 48 states. That's actually a pretty good deal. Unbelievable taste. There's a huge difference in the taste between animals raised on pasture and those fed grain in concentrated animal feedlot operations. That's obviously true. The truth is I tried to be vegetarian, but I just couldn't get down with it. I just find myself kept craving meat. And so it does make me sad that there are you know, all these inhumane and basically unhealthy for the human uh, ways of eating meat. But it sounds like you're good with uh, ButcherBox. Uh, exclusive and hard to get. Ooh, I like that. Outside of ButcherBox, this type of high-quality meat is hard to find. For those who live in food deserts, I don't know what a food desert is. Maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe... I don't know if you don't live in Los Angeles, but I feel like if you live in, I don't know, it's near impossible. For those who live in big cities with expensive supermarkets like Whole Foods, their prices and variety are hard to beat. Exclusively for listeners of The Eric Lang Show, oh, get ready, ButcherBox is offering 20 bucks off plus free bacon on your first box. Two easy ways to try ButcherBox. Visit ButcherBox.com and use discount code ERIC, E-R-I-K. Even easier than that, just visit ButcherBox.com slash ERIC, ButcherBox.com slash ERIC. That's an even, uh, there's an even a link to click on the podcast description. Oh, look how easy to make it is to get to your door. All right, next, greater than sports drink. Uh, these guys messaged me on Instagram and they were like, yo, do you mind if we send you some stuff? And I just sent them my address. And all of a sudden, these little sippy cups of juice came to the door and I don't hate it. It's actually pretty good. Summertime equals hot weather. Golf is tolling physically, and if you walk, that's five-plus miles and 2,000 calories-plus burned. Respect on the mathematics there, Jeff. I drink this new sports drink called Greater Than Sports Drink. I have drank it. That's true. It's the anti-Gatorade because it's made with real ingredients. That's true. It's not super sweet. It's actually just kind of a mellow drink. I actually sometimes put sparkling water in there, and I got a little... Aperol spritz without alcohol. A blend of coconut water, juices, and sea salt. This recipe makes me hydrated. Yeah, it'll make you hydrated too if you drink it because it's liquid and it doesn't have a lot of sugar. Refreshing, delicious, and nutritious. It's got what my body craves. Jeff, we need to work on these scripts. <laughs> my body doesn't really just crave juice. Uh, it's got electrolytes to replenish. And in fact, it's double the electrolytes and half the sugar of normal sports drinks. Holy shit. Those are good numbers. Uh, so order yours direct to your home. There's even a subscription program. Use code Eric at checkout at drinkgt.com. Drink G as in go, T as in time.com. Uh, Vice Golf, vicegolf.com. Top performing golf balls, half the price, folks. I said it first. You heard it first. What? If you watch the Golf Channel, you'll recognize me because I'm the guy in those commercials for Vice Golf Balls. Jeff, just crushing the script game. Um, 
I interrupt people's golf games to tell them about the monetary discounts of Vice Golf Balls. If you're playing golf and listening to this podcast, watch out. I'm behind. What? What? Jeff, watch out. I'm behind that bunker you're aiming at right now because I promise to stop. I don't know. Jeff, we got to work on this script. Top performing golf balls, half the price. Uh, as you save because Vice Golf does not show up in retail stores. That's, there's no middleman. So they're just literally going straight to you, straight to the consumer, saving you money on your balls. Because everyone knows you can't play golf without balls. Adidas. Adidas golf shoes. I've worn a lot of golf shoes since I started playing golf seven years ago. Uh, there's nothing better than the comfort and stability of Adidas golf shoes. Try the Tour C360 or the Adidas Bounce. I actually like the cross-knit Boost. It's kind of a hybrid between sneakers and golf shoes. Tell them what you usually wear. Oh, yeah, I, did. I just did. I told you that I usually wear the cross-knit Boost. I'm one step ahead of you, Jeff. Versatile, comfortable, weatherproof, and made from premium materials. And they're cool. Let's face it. Uh, Adidas is the coolest golf shoe. The, I, I like Adidas. I like, I'm wearing Stan Smith's right now. I'm in bed. Wearing Stan Smith's in bed, the knit ones. I got NMDs on the floor. I got some uh, Ultra Boosts in the suitcase ready to ready to go. Um, visit your golf retail store. We're going to get, hopefully, a code for you. That'll be nice. All right, everybody. Thanks for bearing with me. Those are the reads. Back to the podcast. All right. Welcome back to the, uh, the Eric Lang Show. This is part two of the uh, On the Road podcast. We're in a... Uh, we're in an unnamed Japanese pickup truck driving to the middle of Colorado. <laughs> How you doing, Hafe? What's going on? Hafe's here. He's not even rocking headphones. Nope. I'm freeballing. Freeballing, <laughs> dude, but you sound great. That's good. I've experienced a lot of different audio scenarios on this golf trip. Well, this is my second time on the show, so I'm, I'm a pro now. So. Welcome back. Yeah, thanks. Good man. to have you back. How's your life? Uh, you've had a couple big pieces of news in your life since I did. I, I have a, a beautiful new addition to the family, June little 10 week old baby future uh, caddy maybe probably not <laughs> um maybe maybe a golfer we hope probably won't be no i don't know we'll see i'm not gonna push it D- your name her name is june june marion hafer june marion hafer yes sir june came from uh june well we liked the name and then my wife and i Lindsay, got engaged in june and oh. so we thought it was a cool name, different name. It's a good month. We couldn't agree on a family name. So we you were searching out. back through your history and nothing came up? Yeah, like Agatha, not a not a great name. It's kind of a dark name, actually. Yeah, it's not fun. So we figured we'd just go with something cool and has a little meaning to us, so we liked it. I like that. If you're hearing Hafer's voice wiggle, it's because the freeway here has got a little wiggle on it. There's a little wiggle hey, on this hey, road. Hey. It's actually, we're not even on a freeway. I think we're on a state highway right now. We're uh, we're in a silver pickup with about six golf bags in the back, trailing a uh, British SUV to be uh, yet to be named, <laughs> with uh, three VIPs, maybe four VIPs. There are a few VIPs in that vehicle up there. Oh, Akbar Chisty. Oh, Wyatt's negotiating a big pass. Oh, yeah. Okay. Akbar Chisty, of Seamus Golf, is in the back seat. Wyatt Holiday up front. Follow uh, in the pa- who's navigating. I. I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Anyway, we're in the middle of Colorado, and the license plate matches the landscape. Not entirely. How is the sky green in the Colorado license plate? Uh, the legalized marijuana. Is that what it Green smoke. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was thinking, you know, so... The, 
the people who are listening to this podcast heard yesterday, literally, Stu Bone and I going to San Jose Airport. Then, then time travel, we get to San San Jose. Gets we get on a plane. I get on a plane. You get on a plane from yep. Philly. Yep. Denver, meet up at a fucking weird Airbnb. <laughs> <laughs> the stuffed animals on the stairs really set the vibe. <laughs> Dude, that Akbar picked an Airbnb that I'm pretty sure he got paid he, to stay there. He tried to blame it on me. <laughs> he asked for suggestions, and I gave him three options. He picked it. Right. So it's all him. Akbar, can you? Akbar is a great golf trip bro. <laughs> Akbar He's not is a bro, the the king of festivities when it comes to golf trip. He knows how to set it up. He knows how to get the right people in the right places at the right times. Can you? Can you? Whoa, Jesus! Look at the fucking windshield. <laughs> this thing was wiped clean like uh, twenty minutes ago, yep. and we must have, we must have hit five hundred bucks. Some big ones. True that. What? Uh, let's talk about the golf trip. Hey, if you've been on a couple of good golf trips, yep. Well, what sticks out to you as a great golf trip? Um, I think a gangster. A, a big one is. Wait, while he's talking, he's going to yeah. negotiate a pass. <laughs> Hold on a second. I'm going to say hi. Is that? Is that? Sorry, we had the Sorry. we had a just conference with our our convoy here. It's like a drag race. Um. I think a, a big part of a, a good golf trip is the group of guys that are on it. Right. Um, Have you ever done a golf trip with girls? Technically, I mean, my wife and I, our honeymoon. She's female. Our honeymoon was a golf trip. Uh, really? We got engaged at a golf course. Bro, baller. Yeah. But um, but Mom Jeans is not playing a ton of golf. No, Mom Jeans, uh, you know, is rearing a brand new baby girl. So That's work. She's working hard. Very, very, very hard work. Um. If this was a uh, a uh, childbirth podcast, we could really dig into that. We could dig in, but let's go back to the. Golfing. <laughs> um, I've been told I I've been told I need to get to the golf more quickly, and I was like, you know what? You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna fucking I'm gonna fucking do that because <laughs> my main interest is in being liked. <laughs> no, I mean it's like, hey, I'm not listening to the podcast. <laughs> That's true. No, but I mean, like, no. If someone says, "Hey, please do this," like, chances are they're right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I, all right. So, a good golf trip is the group of people that are involved, male or female. But it's and you know, obviously, picking a really good destination is important. But I think it's all the people that go on it. How right. well they get along. You know, obviously, there's a few people I've been on this one and the last one we went on. I didn't know anybody on the last one. Aside from two people. What, on uh, Sand Valley? Yeah, at Sand Valley. It's proper. That and was a big one. That was like, how many people were on that? Like 18? Uh, 12? Was that? Yeah, I think like 12. Maybe a little bit more. I can't remember. I might be imagining people. And that, for the most part, it was great. I mean, I've got some really good friends that came out of it. And this trip seems to be shaping up the same Who, way. Did we meet on that trip? We officially met on that trip, like right. in person. Yeah, we had been sexting for a while. Yo, months. we sexted hard. I slid <laughs> in your DMs. Like, you were sending me lens pics and all types oh, of yeah. shit. You got some fat lenses. I do have some fat, girthy <laughs> lenses. Expensive. <laughs> hey, even yeah. if they're secondhand, it doesn't mean they're it not. It doesn't. It the, listen. Yeah. The little wear and tear still gets around the, the course. The main thing is just where you point it. You know. Yeah, it's 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 how you. It's how you move that focus ring around. A big part of golf trips is uh, a repertoire of dick jokes. 
uh, huge, huge, huge. About eighty percent of conversations revolve around dick jokes. You need to be very prepared for just just like childlike humor, which yep. I really enjoy. We know. <laughs> <laughs> so so wait, we're coming into a little town here. Uh, uh, this town is called Welding. No, Spanding, Plains, Panini, Fleming. Panini. I'm gonna go with Fleming. Nope, Wilson. I cannot read. Framing? Appalling. <laughs> what does it say? Fleming. I had it. Fleming. Fleming. Got Fort it. Fleming, Colorado. Fleming, Colorado, folks. Elevation 4,240 feet. Population four. <laughs> oh, we're looking at three of them right now. They're holding up the sign. Um, <laughs> so, golf trip, right? I think one of the great things, I think, I, I, I'm curious to know, actually, those of you listening at home, like, what, what makes a golf trip, right? Like, because... I think everybody probably has different types of golf trips they go on. By the way, this is what a fascinating town we're in. All there is is a train, a bunch of silos. Uh, there's, there's a gas a, station. And the, nope. a co-op elevator. It was a gas station. Um, anyway, it's also hot as balls right now. It's 90, 96. It's 96 right now. We're cooling down. We were 99 a minute ago. Yeah. So, you know, I'm curious to know and to talk about that because I know a lot of people go on golf trips with family. A lot of people go on golf trips with old friends, longtime friends. Uh, a lot of people go on golf trips. And I think, but I think, I don't know if it's as common to go on these kind of golf trip mixers. It's like a mixer, it's you like know? It's like a mixer. I feel, I feel kind of like I'm, uh, you know, which I actually find, I, I, I place a lot of value on those, the randomness of those mixers and who you're going to meet and like, you know, it's almost like the cafeteria on the first day of school, you know? Like, there's that moment of, uh, who is everybody? I forgot everybody's yeah. name. Who, yeah, how's this going to go? Which one's the weird one? It's usually me. <laughs> uh, is it me it's, again? It's like, going on, you know, trips with your friends, I've done those. Those are fun. Trips with your family, those are fun. But these are different because, like you said, you don't really know what's going to happen. Like, right. you don't know how everyone's going to jive. You don't know if, you know, there's somebody in there that could be a new friend and um, you definitely don't know what kind of golf everybody's into. And everybody, you know, after the first round, they're like, what'd you shoot? What'd you shoot? And by the last round, nobody's asking what anybody shot. And we're usually playing as one large group because we just we stop caring so much about our scores and we're just more focused on having fun. Do you think on some level score becomes or or, or, or serves as a way to relate? It's a weight. It's a weight. It's a burden. W e i g h t. It's a it's a burden upon golfers. I think. Really, it's a sand. I haven't really kept my score in I don't know a couple months. Really? Just because it was I didn't. Is that know, because it's painful for you, Christian? Yeah, you've seen me golf. <laughs> I've seen you play. You've seen me play. Oh, well, Christian, birdie triple, birdie Christian, triple. You are one of the most hot and cold golfers I've ever seen in my life. It is true, and it's it's literally hot and cold <laughs> within thirty seconds. <laughs> You'll literally stripe it. Like two ninety, uh-huh. and then shank it sixty, correct. And then you'll and then you'll have a brilliant shot out of wherever you found yourself, correct. And then, <laughs> yeah, this is my golf game, <laughs> and somehow I get it around. So that's why I stopped. I stopped keeping score for that. But it was also kind of out of the trip that we went on last year. We just naturally nobody kept scoring. We were just trying to hit fun shots and play, just play cool golf shots and not really. It's not like if I shoot, you know, 72, I'm, I get a prize at the end of it. You, you know don't. what I mean? No. I'm more out there for the experience of it all and hanging out. And 
score has its place in the game for sure, but on a lot of these trips, it's not really about that. It's it's more about just having fun and cutting loose and seeing, like, if I hit a ball and I'm in the middle of a fairway, that's cool, but there might be a feature and I'll walk over there and drop a ball and take a purple shafted Honma and Whoa. sling it around. Is that a euphemism? <laughs> it could be. <laughs> purple shafted Honma. It could be. <laughs> Talk to Akbar about that. He knows. Um, you... Uh, but you, you're more of a you're you, you more follow scorecards, not postcards, huh? Uh, wait, no, the other way around. Yeah, postcards, the other way around. not scorecards. Yeah, yeah. I'm a bit. You, you got less sleep than I did, and you're. More I have sane. two hours of sleep. That's maybe three. You you realize that you slept less than Zach Johnson's round at the British Open. I went to bed with Zach Johnson's <laughs> mug in my face, <laughs> and I woke up and saw him, and those white sunglasses. <laughs> Not a great start. Had he had he played an under or over par round? I think he was one, un, uh, one under. One under. So he he did better. Or than maybe him. more than that. I don't know. Right. Yeah, he he definitely is a better golfer than I am. No, I mean like his he performed better at golf than you did at sleep. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you were like two over on your round. Uh, I was my typical hot and cold. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so yeah, and so the golf trip, right? It's and 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 what do you get out of the? Uh, the the golf trip you think that that keeps you coming back because i mean you just had a child and and you know your your wife actually texted me Did yeah. you know that no she said God. she said he hasn't left the house <laughs> he hasn't gone on a golf trip since sand valley take yeah. care of him and uh some other stuff and you know i responded i responded i may try to make her feel safe that's good and comfy i mean you know we we don't get too wild not we, at all you don't drink i don't drink do you, do you tell people that? Because you just told about... You told my parents, at least. I know that. Well, shout out to your parents. I don't drink. What's <laughs> up, mom and dad? If you guys want to share a nice tea someday, <laughs> we could do that. Not um, a John Daly. No, I don't drink. Um, I, I haven't had a drink. I think it was 21, so it's been over 12 years. Um, and how do you manage that on a golf trip where everyone's drinking? Slinging them back. Well... I mean, a lot of people literally, literally on our way right now to Ballymena, a lot of people, I've already heard probably a good 20 minutes of conversation about the way they serve drinks, the strength of the drink, the type of the alcohol. Well, that's a big thing just kind of in our culture anyway is you're always surrounded by it. Like when we go out to dinner, our friends usually have drinks. So I'm, I'm used to it. And I think most people understand it and respect it that I don't drink. And so they don't really push it on it. And if there's you know, always that one guy, and you're there's like, always one you're, guy who's a dick who's like, trouble. I don't trust anyone who doesn't drink. And I'm like, well, okay. Yeah. So I just, you know, make fun of that guy all night long and, and, or avoid him. But yeah. most people are, you know, we're all adult adults and everybody gets people's life choices. And I don't think I'm not going to walk around and tell everybody they shouldn't drink because of my beliefs and my opinion on drinking. I think one of the things I guess I'm wondering is like, if you look at, golf if you look at a golf trip right Right. as far as like you know do you ever you know how how do you best find the common ground uh between all these people well because like drinking is like a bonding thing for a lot of people right it's like a way for people who maybe socially need a little bit of a booster to get into that right right and for me i don't like i'll just talk to people and hang out with people and so I don't, I don't think that I miss out when I go on these trips and other people are drinking and nobody really gets out of control. Like, no. it's not like anybody's 
Uh, Although Trevor, Trevor, did yeah. get, Trevor got yeah. naked, at, yeah. Sand Trevor got naked at Sand Valley and played two holes. What's up, Trevor? Shout out Trevor's See, butt cheeks. That was, honestly, I was like, dude, I'm with you. Like, I'm not with you right now, but I'm with you in general. In spirit. I've played naked golf. I know. Sober. Yeah. Uh, I, I, that's the way I think about it is like, is like, at what point are you, so you're on the golf trip. And I'm just thinking about the golf trip as a bigger kind of thing. Like we all aspire to it. What are what are we looking to get out of it? Why do we do it? Just it's fun. You just want to have fun, and you want to. For most people, they want to get away from their day job. They want to get away from all the external pressure that comes down on them, and so they just they want to go on a golf trip. They want to drink, play golf, eat a lot of good food, and have fun, and that's it. It's not really more complicated than that, and. That's the what makes a lot of these trips so good is it's a lot of times our our structure is pretty much we're gonna wake up and play golf yeah and then whatever happens happens and we might end up playing you know as fourteen people with two dogs playing uh, nine holes right snowball man I wish he was snowball here. snowball snowball does not wish he was a here a lot of fun with snowball's life the temperature is very not snowball he's melting yeah that ball of snow he is um. What was I gonna say? The uh, the the um, fuck the golf the the you know we we come on these da, 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 da. I can't remember what I was gonna say. Now I was gonna say what did you just say? You were like to have get good away. food. To get away. Oh, it's, I was gonna say your job. So everyone knows you obviously as a photographer mostly. Right. You, you're you're kind of Clark Kent Superman. Sure. Am I right? No. You kind of are. No, because you're Superman. People know you as Superman. They, they're like, that's Hayf Life. He makes the burning cart. Yeah. I fucking support. I love. You got a lot of fans out there. Max Arden. Gucci. Gucci. Fucking. Max. Could, yeah, we got, we, got, we got people out here who love your photography. Yeah. We got people out here who love your perspective. But do they know the other half of your life? Probably not. Do you want to tell them right now? Sure. What, what do you do, Clark Kent? Nine uh, to five. You have, well, a, you, have a di- you have a different life. Yeah, I mean, I do. I try and balance it all, um, just because I've, you know, I have a family, so I've got to support the family. And when I like, I think we talked about it on the last podcast. Go back episode twenty-two. I don't know <laughs> is it really? I have no idea. I've, I, uh, am, each episode for me is a blackout. It's just. Boof. I could have. Do you want to know my social security number? Sure. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> what is your debit pen? <laughs> um, Three two seven six. <laughs> So that was it actually. So I have I have to support the family and so when I got out of photography cuz there was no real industry that could sustain a family and you know provide for them and all that stuff I got into procurement. So I'm I work in supply chain and I work for a really good company and you know I do that kind of stuff and it affords me the opportunity to provide for my family but it doesn't provide that creative outlet that you know, ever since I was a kid, and I just wanted to be a painter, and then I wanted to be really? a photographer. And oh yeah, like, I didn't know you liked painting. Ever since I was a kid, like all I ever wanted to do was anything artistic, and I just you know because I couldn't sit still, I had really bad ADD, and you know I had to express myself, and I had no way of figuring out how to do it. And when was the last time you made a painting? Uh, I made I made two for June Aww. for her nursery. Post them. So maybe I'll throw they, that out. I did. No, they're pretty cool. You posted one? I don't. See, that's the thing. Like, I realized I can't draw anymore. Like, I used to be able to draw and freehand and do kind of whatever I want. But now it's all more kind of abstract. 
Yeah. Um, and it's just, there's real no rhyme or reason to it. <laughs> but it kind of looks cool. And right. so I go with it. And art's, half of art's just bullshit anyway. So it is. I feel like I can just sell it. So much of art is I'm just... I'm not like your dad. Like, your dad's got an actual... Yo. Style. Yo, request my dad on Instagram. Deep level 33. <laughs> It's not a joke. His fucking paintings are insane. <laughs> Deep level is like is like a scientific method he created. Hey, Jesus Christ. It's Your like dad's on another level. It's a thing. Deep level 33. Yeah. All right, I'm going to go. Have you requested him yet? No, I'm going to go do that right after when, I, we get out of the car. I'll just, I'm, I got to send him a quick heads up because he definitely won't approve He's your He's just going to be like, uh, he, he only reproves requests from people like Ashley, like from people have, with like 27,000 followers. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> No, he actually Subtract. came to my birthday dinner. He met her. He met her in person at my birthday. He's gotta dinner. like. He's gotta. He's gotta get the feeling. Yeah, he needs to uh, do a quick uh, interview. He, he wants to make sure that you're not a bot. <laughs> he don't want the bots. He doesn't need any bot follows. So good. <laughs> Dad, Deep level thirty three. I'm gonna. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I didn't realize that you were into that, and I didn't. And so now, you know. Um, I love that you have this job. I don't know. I, you probably don't, but um, I don't know. I just like, to me, it's like, I don't know. I just identify with it. Like, I feel like I've had, because I don't know, people, a lot of people say to me like, oh, how can I have your job? And it's like, well, it's not like literally all fun and games. No, it's a lot there, of work. There's an aspect to it that really is hard work. Yeah. But I'm fueled through those annoying parts Yeah. Uh, for the, the, the end goal of the peak. Right. Like a hike. You know, hiking isn't fun. No one likes hiking. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I think Maybe a lot of people something. think that what you do and what I do kind of is, it's just, oh, cool, we're going on a golf trip. What they don't understand is I'll have, I'm on two hours sleep and I'll go out. We'll go play golf. I'll go shoot at sunset. I'll throw down food and I'll go shoot more. Right. I'll get up early. I'll go shoot. We'll go play golf. I'll shoot during that. So it's it's a lot of work. And at the end of it, I'm totally spent and then I got to edit everything and right. you know what I mean and so but it's really for me it's really fun to do because that's what I love doing and it's kind of my outlet so it's you know the whenever it kind of adds and you're like all right I'm really tired I'm really worn out I don't I don't really want to keep doing this like right. I just kind of want to go home I want to be with my family and I just want to hang out you realize like how one fortunate I am to have the opportunity to go play golf at where we're going to play golf with the people we're playing with and see the things that I can see and be able to like you know make some photos that maybe a couple people will like people cool. love golf photos dude I do they do I fucking love photos of golf courses they do I it's true there people love their photos of golf courses I did I, I just minimize what you do no I, I think I think a lot of pictures are way it. the moodiest. I would say, yeah. You're kind of emo. I'm very good, Charlotte. Yeah, is that an emo man? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Benji. So good, Charlotte, dude. No, I think for you're me, the it's Smiths. it goes back to kind Van, of you, your golf shoes are Vans. Yeah, yeah. Hashtag ad. Hashtag ad. Sponsor me. Hashtag Vans. Give me a call nine one seven six. Yeah, nine seven zero. Um, ATM pin code. <laughs> you just direct deposit. Um, <laughs> just. But it, I think what I looked at was a lot of golf photography is kind of the same. It's repetitive and it's, right. it just, it really wasn't interesting to me. And so based on how I learned to shoot photography and the photography that I was shooting, I started bringing that more and more into my style. And 
I started building my own editing style, which is a huge part of photography. I don't think a lot of people give editings a lot of credence to the whole process. The quote, digital darkroom? Like there's, there's a really famous photograph of Ansel Adams sitting between two prints of the moon over New Mexico. Is yeah. It New Mexico? Yeah, yeah, the cemetery. And it's one of his Hernandez. most famous. Yeah, Hernandez. it's one of his most famous photographs. And the original photo, unedited, to the edited photo, completely different. Right. And he was kind of one of the first photographers, especially landscape photographers, that would spend more time in a dark room than out shooting. So he would get his images, he would plan them out, he would shoot them, and then he would spend years developing them, getting them right. And he would learning. go back and pick old negatives and do them better. And he he said his biggest regret was not spending more time editing. He wouldn't, he, there was so much stuff that he left unedited that he never went out and made prints off of. And it, for him, it was all film, so every print could be different. Right. And when he would actually, if you have like a real Ansel Adams print, it, it's going to be a little bit different than the next one. Because he was hand burning and dodging everything. And now it's you can just apply the same thing in Lightroom, and you know, you could, you can replicate it through and through and through. But have we ever talked about Ansel Adams? I don't think so, bro. I was like, he was my hero for a long time. I read all of his books. Yeah. And um, I, uh, I just I fell in love with his work way before I was into golf, and and in some ways I think that's one of the things I get out of golf is. In, in the moment I get that Ansel Adams experience of wow like I'm so cheap I'm playing Twilight Golf wow the sun is setting it's unbelievable the fog is coming up there's fireflies whatever it is you, yeah. you really get moments of natural beauty well the coolest thing about Ansel to me was how much value he put on his surroundings his landscapes you know the the amount of work he went in to conserve land and right. to keep it undeveloped. Oh, you mean like the John Muir Trail and things like that? Yeah, like developing these kinds of things and sustaining them and, you know, all of the work that, all of the eyes that he brought on landscapes and how important it is to protect, you know, national parks and establish those are huge. And it golf gets a little bit of a bad rap in that it's, bad for the environment and all those kinds of things but not that's not necessarily that. true that. i'm sure there are courses that are just throwing pesticides down like it's water and don't like, give a shit making and that, it rain quote making unquote. it rain <laughs> some bad stuff but there's also courses that are doing it in a very different way and it's really cool to go out on those courses and when we were in ireland's a really good example you're you're in a course that it, they just found. They found the holes. They moved minimal earth, earth, if anything. And to be able to sit there and just see that, the lights going down, shadows are getting long, and see things like that, and you're like, like this is my landscape photography. You know right. what I mean? I'm not going to probably go hike a mountain and, and do that every day. Yeah. Just because that doesn't ring as true. For me, it's really cool to see a golf course kind of come to light with no light whoa whoa deep bro deep what do you think we're you, nine miles out by do you way. ever do you ever think do you ever wish you like were using ansel adams style film equipment large format i so i want to get into it um i do like four by five not quite eight by ten but there's a there's a really good company 
that's making new four by five cameras. And so if people don't understand, like you're, when you talk about sensors, most sensors are like a crop of an old 35 millimeter film. Right. Full frame is equivalent to that. And then medium format is exponentially bigger than that. Four by five is literally the negative is four and a half, four inches by five inches. It's the old camera with like the bellows. The bellows, and, yeah. and the reason for the bellows like is is so that you you can adjust the focal plane so everything's in perfect symmetry and you're not distorting lines and or you are if you're trying to do that. But it's it's a really interesting tool and there's no shutter. The shutter's on the lens. Right. So you attach your different lens to the front and everything happens on that mechanism and you just expose to your your film. Uh, it's really a, more of a sheet of paper now that you're exposed to, but you expose to that and then you go and develop it. And I learned on film and I'm starting to get, I did it for a while when I did street photography and I'm starting to do it more now is I'm doing a whole thing where I'm just shooting black and white, developing my own black and white, scanning it. And you develop just, it in the house, huh? Yeah. Sick. Yeah, just develop it uh, in a basement. Yeah. No toxins. Little fumes. No? No toxins? You don't get yeah. fumes? Do you there's a there's a few different formulas that you can use where you don't have to deal with all the bad stuff. But I miss those smells. That that's probably why I skipped class a lot to go in a dark room. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Those were the days when I was definitely drinking. Yeah. Pre, uh, d- the dark room wasn't just a place. Huh? Huh? <laughs> but I think that's like that's a really cool thing that I want to start doing more and more of, just to kind of satisfy that creative thing. Right. Uh, but photography is such a process. Like yeah. painting is a process, and I don't think a lot of people understand the the process of photography and especially film photography. You know, you've got to you've got to know what film you're shooting, how that film reacts to how you're developing it, how you print it, or even how you ingest it in the Lightroom and and then develop it. It's right. There's a lot of work that goes into all of that. And that, to me, is a huge reason why I love photography is there's it's a process and I can go through it and I can, over time, tweak my process to change it or improve it a little bit by a little bit, even on a digital platform. So, For a second, I thought you were talking about golf. No, I do not improve my golf game at all. <laughs> Never taken a lesson. No shit, really? No. I've just figured it out. I would believe that on half you've, your holes. You've, yeah, you've seen my swing. Yeah, it's it's remarkable now that I know you haven't taken a lesson. Never taken a lesson. That's great. Spend minimal time practicing. Right. When it shows. Yeah. <laughs> I also have a newborn, so. Hey, you get you get a hall pass and all that stuff. How is the, uh, I'm sure a lot of your, uh, you know, people listening to this are thinking about the photo comps. And that was really successful. Yeah, You've done a couple now. Fun. Yeah. I, I took a break win. just with a baby. But I, no- I noticed I didn't win any of them. Well, you're kind of a pro and you, you actually have a background in photography. So not fair. I can't, it's not, it's not kosher to give it to like, there's a, and it's been cool to see, like, there's a lot of really good photographers out there. Like Ollie will throw stuff in. Akbar's brother. No, no, no. Ollie from, uh, Muhammad? yeah, no. Cash is Taylor made. Oh, Ollie. O-L-L-I-E. Yeah, yeah. What He'll up, throw Ollie? stuff in. He's a great, great photographer. He's really good. Yeah, he's really but good. But you can't, but, they, but you don't choose anyway. Well, what I'll do is I'll make it a vote, and then I pick based on the final two that And you feel bad vote. picking him? Well, no, I just, I, the, the purpose of the, of the whole contest is to get people to kind of look at golf a little bit differently or 
maybe learn something about photography and apply it to how they see things. So the first one was, you know, black and white, which was a big hit. And I think the next one we'll do is a black and white one. And then it was, you know, trying to show people you golf with in a different light. And some of the images we got were unreal. Like they were awesome. And some people were taking their camera out. Some people were just using their cell phone. And it's really cool to see people thinking a little bit more creatively about their golf photos. It's not their, what they were typically doing. And it's not what they typically see on Instagram. I'm seeing a lot of people, you know, maybe mimic some photographer styles, but some people are really just coming up with some unique ways of looking at it, which is really cool to see because they don't necessarily know what they're doing. They're just, they're just trying to look at things a different perspective. And that's really all photography is, is you're just trying, you're trying to look at things and show things in a different way. Right. And, you know, expose it right. I love it. Uh, People must have responded really well to it, I think. Yeah, I think the first one blew up, um, and then it just kept going from there. And, you know, it was really cool to have a lot of every month a different, you know, like Seamus sponsored one, Callaway sponsored one. And so we had a lot of people get involved and give away some products just for fun of it. And... Like newborn products, like like diapers. Yeah, if anybody wants some used newborn onesies, that's going to be next month's giveaway. I'm going to take a photo of you right now. Yeah. So if you're listening, this is this is where the photo came from. That's fine. Do Fo- I need the photo contest? Maybe. You should do a photo contest of uh, people holding microphones in their face while driving through rural Colorado. I think you won that one. <laughs> <laughs> I think you won that one. But we'll do another one. I I took a break just with the baby and stuff because it is a lot of work it's a lot of work I mean I mean hundreds and hundreds of on, entries and are you on Twitter uh I don't know I think I'm I on am Twitter, but, but I, I don't really use I it I don't really use it no it's I'm not that's not my it's, there's too much it's too much it's a onslaught I don't have the time for it it's no. And I can't keep up. Like, more of I can't, Instagram. Yeah, Instagram's good because I can every other day I can put a photo out. I got someone messaged me on Facebook. Uh, I they messaged me one day, long question. Mm-hmm. I didn't read it because I don't really go on Facebook. Then by the time I read it, it, a week or two had gone by, and then in the, in the time since I they wrote the first message and the time I read it, they had written six messages, and the effective content of the the following messages was good talk. Thanks for your reply. And I was like, oh, uh, you okay. know, but usually Instagram, I, I try to get back to each everybody in like a couple yeah. of days, but some, sometimes it's a week or two. Yeah. So it depends on what happens. Like if some photos I put up or something in my story and I'd, I'll just kind of get hit with a lot. Yeah. Like what? Like what's the common? Well, you want to do pe- a little FAQ? Oh, sure. What's the common question you got? What uh, camera do you use? Yeah. What camera do I use is <laughs> You just put lot, that in your bio. A lot of the question I get, how do I... Like how do how do I what get your that presets? look? How do, do I get you? that look? Yeah, um, you should sell some presets. I was thinking of doing that, but no, I don't really. know how That's many not people a bad use idea. use Lightroom. Do no, a lot of people, people will, dude. Like, to actually feedback. Wanna... Hit the link below. Is there like a button I can hit the link below? Bro, I can is teach it? you how to swipe up. Link in bio. <laughs> link in bio. Swipe up. Swipe up. Yo. Uh, all right, I was gonna go into something else, but you know, I follow. Uh, do you travel? Okay. Makes me feel a little guilty because it's this hot couple. They're probably pretty dumb, and they just travel the world, and they're both really hot. I mean, the girl is smoking. Sure. She's very good looking. And basically, I think he just takes photos of her, and then he puts the camera on a tripod and picks a picture of the both of them. Of both of them. And they're both looking off of a cliff. 
<laughs> every photo. Every photo. Okay. So anyway. They have their style. Um, so anyway, we're in a town. Uh, Schweinman's. Schweinman's. We're in, this might be Holyoke, right outside of Holyoke Bro- Fitness Club. Oh, wow, that place looks f- popping. Pretty sure Holyoke's only got about maybe 700 people living here. Um, home, home to what we're about to experience as a very remote and um, potentially magical experience. Anyway, uh, oh, there's a place called the Mower Man Lawnmower Repair. Okay. I think out here you just let it grow. I think if you live out here, you just let the lawn grow. Yeah. Maybe they're fixing the lawnmowers from uh, Bally Neal. That'd be surprising. Side topic averted. Let's go back to the <laughs> other topic, which was. Um, FAQ. Sure. Uh, what do you get? You get so a lot of pre... I actually think you should sell the presets. Okay. You don't right. have to sell I'll them for a lot. No. Hey, first presets, $500. $500 for <laughs> half of it. <laughs> $500 down payment. $500 you, gets you on the way. And then list. I need your debit card and <laughs> PIN number for the other half. Um, right, what's your What's your Venmo? What's, yeah, what's your Venmo? Just I'll just send myself money. Yeah. Um, Hafer's looking at selling prints. So if you guys want prints of Hafer's beautiful photographs, he'll sell them to you. Um, yeah, I would love to see that see. happen. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do that. Venmo him. What's your Venmo? I don't know. You got to have a Venmo. I do. I think it's just Christian Hafer. Just Venmo Christian Hafer some cash and he'll send you a print. Just tell him I sent you. Yeah. A lot of cash though. Yeah. Not like, nothing like, not like Four lunch bells. money shit. We're talking like uh, Ivy League tuition. Yeah. I, I want you to invest in your kid's college through my friend by putting a golf photo on your wall yep because as if golf wasn't superfluous enough to life exactly but is it where are we going (laughs) well now we're in a cornfield okay (laughs) we're back in a cornfield yeah any more faqs before we wrap this bitch up Nah, it's usually what camera how do i take photos and walk um i know what's what's the thing behind the sheep what's the thing behind burning cart do you really what is the never thing, what ride is the thing behind the sheep uh the sheep is it's a rip on the minor threat the band minor threat okay who coined the term straight edge yeah um so no drinking drugs any of that and so it's a rip on that with the the golf club from the yale bulldog and it's just kind of like a a quick representation of how i kind of view myself i guess right uh a little bit of a black sheep when you look at golf uh-huh. i don't really necessarily think i fit too much of the mold um and it's it's just kind of cool wow i didn't know any of that yeah it's not just the black sheep i might get that as a tattoo now that you should right on my middle nipple i bet you didn't know that <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> all right too well, that's much. been that's been great everybody thanks for listening christian thanks for joining us it's been on, real uh, podcast from the road Wish the song will come in right now and it'll fade us out. We can just jibber jabber like you know when this night show and the the, the music we just goes talk out. about nothing. Yeah, we're fading out right now. No one's even listening. No one's even listening. Thanks for listening, Christian's Venmo again. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. And now I've got two mics. Whoa, Christian gave me his mic. Whoa, that is surround sound. I am, I am hot. We need to turn the AC back on. Everybody, enjoy your next golf trip whenever and wherever that may be. And, uh, you know, hit it straight or don't.